0: Hey folks, hope you are doing great. So, today we are out with the second part of our topic on how to analyze fixed income securities valuations yield and risk. The topic of discussion is divided into two parts. This is a part two of the topic. If you haven't read the part one of our content then I highly recommend you to go first and read the part one as these both parts are interlinked with each other. So, get your coffee ready. To give you small recap. In the first part of our content we had discussed about, what are fixed income securities, how to analyze them and find their true that is their intrinsic value, and what were the risks involved with them, and so on. Well, in this part of content we will be discussing about what will be an effective duration to hold these securities and who gives credit rating to these agencies. We have lot many things to discuss here, so without any further ado, let's begin our today's topic of discussion. As we have discussed in our previous part that, every fixed income securities carry a maturity date, but what is its effective duration of holding that particular security is what we barely know about that and we end up holding it till maturity. So today we will be seeing what is the effective duration of these securities. A point to be noted here is it is applicable in case of bonds. So, we will be discussing this concept with terms of bonds duration shows the effective maturity period of a bond. Duration of a bond represents the length of time that elapses before the average amount of present value, PV, from the bond is received. It must be noted that effective maturity of a bond may not be same as its maturity period. Let's understand this with the help of example, in case of a zero-coupon bond having maturity after 10 years, all the cash flows occur at the end of its maturity period that is at the end of 10th year. Hence, the effective maturity of a zero-coupon bond is equal to its maturity period. But in case of a normal bond, the bondholder receives interest incomes every year that is in the intervening years and then he receives the redemption value at the end of the maturity period. The cash flows received in the form of interests in the intervening years, makes the effective maturity period of a normal bond less than its actual maturity period. Duration of a bond is the weighted average maturity of its cash flow stream, where weights are proportional to the present value of cash flows. It can be calculated as follows. D equals with T. Where N equals years to maturity T equals 1. 2, 3, 4, and Wickwell's present value of cash flow, price of a bond. Now you might be wondering why are we emphasizing so much on these duration of bonds so here are few points because of which duration of a bond becomes important. It is a simple summary statistic of the effect of average maturity of bond. It is a measure of interest rate sensitivity of a portfolio. It is an essential tool in bond immunization that is immunizing portfolios from interest rate risk. Duration is a precise measure of the effective maturity of a bond. It is expressed in years, or in periods. However an investor may be interested in knowing the result and change in the bond price due to a given change in yield. For this we calculate modified duration. D equals D slash 1 plus Y where d equals modified duration, d equals duration, y equals yield. Now you might be wondering why is there a negative sign? This is because there is an inverse relationship between bond price and yield we have at a negative sign in modified duration. If modified duration is minus 2.3 then it means that 1% change in yield will on an average change the bond price by 2.3% in the opposite direction. Till now we have discussed about the entire analysis of bond. You might have heard with some of your mentors or friends or advisors that before investing in fixed income securities one should check its credit rating. So you might be wondering what are these credit rating and who gives the fixed income security credit ratings. The term credit rating refers to a quantified assessment of a borrower's creditworthiness in general terms or with respect to a particular debt or financial obligation. A credit rating can be assigned to any entity that seeks to borrow money an individual, a corporation, a state or provincial authority, or a sovereign government. In simpler terms, credit ratings refer to an evaluation of the creditworthiness of an institutional debtor in terms of its ability to service the debt and ascertain the risk of default, by taking into account massive chunks of quantitative and qualitative data available in public and non-public domains. A poor credit rating reflects the rating agency's opinion about the poor credit quality of the issue, high risk of default on part of the issuer and ultimately the low creditworthiness of the borrower and a good rating reflects just the opposite. Such evaluation is done by credit rating agencies. The assessment of a government's ability and willingness to repay its public debt both in principle and in interests on time is known as a sovereign rating. Generally, alphabets or a combination of alphabets and numbers is used to convey a credit rating. Most commonly rated instruments include, bonds-slash-debentures, commercial paper, structured finance products, bank loans, fixed deposits and bank certificate of deposits, mutual fund debt schemes and IPOs. Hunt and Anton Brink, 2011, opined that credit rating agencies, CRAs, essentially perform two functions. First, they perform the informational role by offering an independent evaluation of the ability of a credit instrument to fulfill its debt obligations, which reduces information costs, increases the pool of potential borrowers, and promotes market liquidity. Second, they perform the monitoring function through which they influence issuers to take corrective actions to avert downgrades via watch procedures. Presently, Fitch, Standard & Poor's and Moody's Investor Services are the three major credit rating agencies operating globally. As of 2013 their collective market share was roughly 95% with Moody's and Standard & Poor's having approximately 40% each, and Fitch around 15%. Although different credit rating agencies follow different methodologies to evaluate the creditworthiness and associated with the particular security and issuer, a general criteria for assessment includes evaluation on the following parameters. 1. Business risk. It includes economy risk, industry risk, issuer's competitive advantage, new project risk. 2. Financial risk. It includes operating profitability, gearing, debt service coverage risk, working capital intensity, cash flow analysis, foreign currency-related risks, tenure mismatches, and risk-related interest rates and refinancing accounting quality, contingent liability, financial flexibility, financial ratios. 3. Strength of Promoters or Management Quality It includes track record, strategy, organization structure, corporate governance, Control system, personnel policies. Well, this was all in part two from our side, and with this we have come to an end of our bond analysis series. If you have liked our work, then make sure you like us and share among your friends and family so that they can understand the concept of bonds and make a step towards the financial literacy. Also, I would like to thank the author Miss Bani De Tripathy from whose book I have taken majority of this series content. This was our time. See you in next part. Till then happy learning, happy investing. This is Finance with Bothra. Financially departing you.